Welcome, welcome to From the Shed End podcast. Myself, T Dot, and Theo. So, first and foremost, how are you doing, Theo? I'm all good. Very good, actually, after starting the season with a trophy. It's a good feeling. So, I'm good. Thanks. Yeah. And it was a brilliant game, brilliant game for the, um, for us to to kick the season off with, um, obviously we, we spoke about the the preview of the game before in our, our previous episode. But um, what was your thoughts on on the game that you uh, the bits that you got to see? I mean, I was actually during the game right before the penalty shootout. I was thinking back at our our predictions, and I was thinking, damn, we were quite far off actually because we were quite <laughs> we were very confident that we'd actually breeze through it. But um, we made things difficult, I think. Um, I think uh, 1-1 probably reflects, you know, the, both teams in a way because I thought the first half we dominated, we were very we were very good. We weren't clinical enough, which is, you know, same old really as last season. Um, we were probably unlucky not um, just to be 1-0 one, um, one up. Second half, I thought the preseason sloppiness and fatigue showed. It was more apparent, particularly for the Villarreal goal. Um, Rudiger's poor clearance led to the goal and then they scored. And there's also a future um times where they should have maybe even scored more than their their the Moreno goal. I'm thinking about the poor Mendy clearance, maybe where he slipped and then he redeemed himself really well, actually getting a finger to it and pushing it to the post. But um overall I thought the, the second half was a bit worrying. And then extra time, I thought both teams were just knackered at that point and maybe were trying to, you know, play it out for a draw, maybe and hopefully get a penalty, the penalty shootout. But um there was some promising signs, but also some, you know, still some preseason sloppiness signs that were apparent as well yeah yeah it was um I mean we, we started really well I thought um I thought Tuchel got the the lineup spot on it was what you predicted it was the same um lineup as the Spurs game and um we started really well I was I was impressed I, I do think there was moments where we we did dip and I think that's just down to fatigue and and obviously you know still in that pre-season mentality but um you know, Villarreal made it very difficult for us. Um, it wasn't an easy, it wasn't an, a comfortable half to watch. Um, and I think one of the things that stood out for me was, you know, there, there was times where, you know, we, we've we've watched Chelsea before and we haven't killed games off and we had opportunities to do that um, on numerous occasions. You know, we had perfect opportunities to kill the game off. And as the game went on and on and we got into extra time, you, you do start suddenly thinking about, you know, all those opportunities that we did have and we didn't take them. Um, like you mentioned as well, you know, Villarreal were just as um, unlucky not to to get, you know, to score more than one as well because they had, I think, um, I can't remember, I think it was Moreno who hit the crossbar, yeah. didn't he? So, right before half know, time. Yeah. yeah. So I think those kind of things, you know, they, they, go, they go for us, but it could easily have been, you know, a, a two two one to Villarreal. It, you know, could have been two one to Chelsea. It was a good, it was a good game, but um, the penalties were a bit nerve wracking to watch as always. Um, I know we mentioned um, while we were talking on on the WhatsApp, but it was just, you know, um, brilliant bit of, bit of tactical awareness from from uh, Tuchel, obviously. Um, bringing on Kepa for Mendy, which again was a fine margin. It could have gone one or two ways. You know, had he not saved any of those penalties, I'm sure there would have been talk of his name um on social media but we have to give Kepa a lot of respect um he seems to have developed as a player as a man um since his time obviously the issue with the cup final but what was your thoughts on on the uh the goalkeeper in issue or situation I thought it was it made complete sense I think we've spoken about it and um I think in the 
games running up to the Champions League final where we thought if there is a you know the potential potential penalty shootout, who would we put in goal? And I've always been in favour of having Kepa back in the day it would have been Caballero, but um I'm just thinking when I looked at Mendy in that his very first game for Chelsea, which led to a penalty shootout against Spurs in the League Cup. I just remember him being very kind of rooted to a spot in the yeah. middle of the goal. And I'm not being critical of Mendy because he's a fantastic keeper, but I think um, Kepper is a better penalty saver in a shootout. And when I watched Mendy, he just seemed very rooted to his spot, whereas Kepper's more decisive in the way that he, when he picks a side and he'll dive towards that side right into the corner. And um, I'm thinking a lot of, you know, that penalty shootout against Frankfurt, the penalty save yeah. um, away to Valencia, which was superb because it was, you know, higher than the ground. It was he made a brilliant dive to, I was at the Mestalla for that game and I was just shocked. Yeah. That's probably one of the best penalty saves I've seen, you know, in the live in the stadium. And, um, and as you said, you know, fair play to Kepa, massive respect to him. You know, he's kind of in the last years or last six months since Tuchel's taken charge, he's really kind of kept his head up and every game he's played, he's kind of taken that chance to impress and particularly that kind of long statement or that message to the fans he puts up recently, I thought was quite, I thought it was very brave of him, you know, admitting that he's, his confidence was shattered under that season with Lampard. And, you know, he did, he did feel like he hit a, like a rock bottom in a way. However, you know, he also wants to kind of, you know, take every chance he has. He wants to play for the fans. And um, I play goalkeeper for myself, my five-a-side team. I've played a couple of 11 side, aside them games for my, as a keeper. And I know how difficult it is. You can make an amazing save, but you can also have one big, you know, mistake and you'll be remembered for that mistake. But um so every time a goalkeeper does make a mistake, I always have a lot of sympathy for them. But it was fantastic to see, honestly, because um, I really like seeing seeing Kepa with a smile on his face. I know that, you know, 2020 and 2021 have been the years of kind of, you know, really understanding people's mental health as well and mental well-being. And I think that's even more important now that you want to be, you know, players, they're human beings at the end of the day, and you want them to be happy. And um, if you can play a part this season, as we spoke about in the previous episode with all the League Cup games, we might have the Club World Cup games, Mendy going to the African Cup of Nations in January. I think this could be a fantastic season, you know, maybe to get into the the um, Spain squad for the upcoming World Cup in Qatar. Yeah. Yeah, I think it's, um, I think that that part about about Mendy not being there, um, which I I still keep mentioning is like a, you know, it's... um, it's a pivotal moment. It's an important part of the, the season, you know, just after that Christmas period um, of those congested fixtures. And I think, you know, obviously we've got Ben Tonelli in as well, but Kepper, I believe, will probably be um, the replacement for Mendy uh, while he's away. Um, but it'll be interesting. I agree with everything you just said around um, Kepper. I feel like he's he's obviously matured. He's obviously understood what he needs to do in terms of um, his development as a goalkeeper as well. Whether that's something that Tuchel's introduced whilst he's come in as well. But you know, you do you do have that confidence in him when you see him in, in between the sticks now. Whereas you know, previously we've watched him and he's you know he, he's looked very hesitant or he, like you say, he's, you know, people remember the mistakes. So you know, I could name three or four. But as he as he's got on, you know, you, you've seen less of that um, when he comes on. The confidence is there. No one was. I mean, I did sort of think, oh God, Kepper um, uh, in the Super Cup. But then you do have to remember why he's bringing him on. He's not bringing him on for an injury. It's because of the the um, the fact he's a brilliant penalty stopper you know he's able to do that but um disappointed to see Hakim Ziyech um which I'm still not sure as to what the injury was um he, he didn't really fall awkwardly it seemed like it, it was an injury that he um sustained whilst sort of challenging in the air there wasn't really much contact as well so I'm not really sure if it's the wrist or the shoulder or just a part of the arm but um 
always seems to happen when he finds that bit of form. You know, he finds that bit of form and he's doing really well and then he gets injured. So disappointing to see him come off. Um, but I don't think they've, they've mentioned as to how, how long the injury is going to keep him out for. Yeah, it's disappointing. I just remember uh, our last preseason game of, of la- uh, last summer when we played Brighton. He put a fantastic ball in for um, Werner to score and then I think he got injured minutes later and had to come off and miss the start of the season, which kind of put a spanner in the works to, you know, the development for, you know, like the next two or three months and I think he only came in maybe around October time or but um but yeah it's disappointing because I think yeah he was probably one of the stars of our preseason and he would have definitely started um against Palace on Saturday but that's why we're just grateful to have such a, a good squad of you know offensive players and I hope he does recover well and he, he'll be back soon and same as you I didn't really see where he went wrong with his shoulder or his wrist or his arm but um we saw him sitting in uh in a dugout of a cast at the end so um mm. fingers crossed and we wish him a speedy recovery. Yeah, definitely. Um, another player who we're, we're hoping to see very soon, um, although he's been ruled out of uh, tomorrow's game at Crystal Palace, is um, 97.5 million striker Romelu Lukaku. Big smiles on our face if you're not watching on the YouTube, um, you listen on Spotify, Apple Music. Uh, yeah, we've got our number nine that we've, we've been hoping to get in, been confirmed. Um uh, I don't really need to ask your thoughts, but what are your thoughts <laughs> on uh, Lukaku coming back to the bridge? I'm buzzing. I'm buzzing. I've always <laughs> been a fan of Lukaku's. And um, I think with the fact we got it done before Saturday is brilliant as well, because I think we'll, we'll get him out maybe at half time or even before kickoff. You know, and we'll, I'm, I'll be there at Stamford Bridge on Saturday. I'm going to give him a really warm welcome. Um, um, and I think he's a fantastic player. Um I think he's got 13 Champions League goals in total. Got a few stats here. <laughs> he's the 20th all-time Premier League top goal scorer, which when yep. you kind of consider that, he's played at West Brom for one season, I think two or three years at Everton, two years at Man U. It's a fantastic achievement. And I'm sure now that he's at Chelsea, he'll just go up, you know, higher up that list and maybe break into the top 10 eventually. Uh, he's got yep. one season at Man U when he first signed, people were saying that he was very poor. His first touch was appalling, but... He's got. Yeah, he still had 28 goals in all competitions in the 2017-2018 season. Um, so I think that's a really good number. And then he's obviously got 64 goals with Belgium in 98 appearances, which is brilliant as well. It's brilliant. Yeah. Yeah. And then last season, which is probably his most recent numbers, he had, he has 30, he had 30 goals in all competitions under Antonio Conte at Inter Milan. So we're getting a that goal scorer we need to get 20 goals a season, which we've been looking for for so long, probably since Diego Costa's left. So I think he's the perfect replacement. And I think with, with Inter Milan, he was playing with Lautaro and Martinez as the front two. And if somehow we can get, you know, Werner to, you know, have that Martinez role and, you know, take players out of the game and then play into, play into the Lukaku, then he can maybe excel, you know, with a front two. Or with Belgium, I think he plays in a front three, maybe with a, an Eden Hazard or a Mertens. I'm not too sure what the exact um, yeah, he does, front yeah. three are. But um, maybe Tuchel will look at those two formations that he's played with at Belgium and with Inter Milan and consider how he can, because we spoke about this in the previous episode, how maybe, you know, Tuchel might tweak his lineup or, you know, change that front three to maybe adapt for Lukaku. But um, I think it's the fantastic, you know, fantastic signing. He's mature now. He's 28, which is probably, you know, the best age you want to be signing a player because, you know, they're mature. You're probably going to be getting the best, you know, best years of their, their career right now. And I just, I'm just almost too disappointed that he probably won't play on Saturday because that's how excited I am to watch him play. 
Yeah, I think it's been confirmed um, literally an hour or so ago that he, he won't be he won't be playing tomorrow. But um, the good news is we have Arsenal next. Um, I think that's next Sunday, I think. So, or, yeah, I think it might be next Sunday. But we've got Arsenal, which I'm sure he's going to be relishing the opportunity to, to come back in and, and score. Um, but I agree. You know, I think we, um, I've said it before on here, you know, I don't think um, Haaland was ever really a realistic, opportunity to, to get him in this season after Sancho leaving Dortmund as well um, we know what Lukaku can do in the Premiership and a lot of people um, including myself at times when he was at United I, you know I can hold my hands up um, you know the, the, the meme of the, the Timberland boots on Lukaku that kind of um, thing that was always going around about his first touch and things like that but I, I, you know I think as he's got older you know we've seen that progression you know we've seen the transition in him the, the fact that he's you know, when he first came to Chelsea, you know, you look at the strikers that were ahead of him at the time, he was never really going to get a, a realistic opportunity to play, you know, for Chelsea. Um, he'd done really well at West Brom and Everton. Um, and again, you know, United as well, he's had, he's, he's he knows where the back of the net is. And that's one of the things that we've really missed last season um, was having someone who can do that constantly throughout the season as well. You know, um, I mentioned as well, you know, Jorginho being our, our top goal scorer last season, just he just screams at you that we needed a number nine. Um, the fee, you know, a lot of people have mentioned the fee, the fact that it's 90, 97.5 million. I think it's just, this is the, the, the current climate that we're in. Um, for that type of player, for me personally, I think that's a very good bit of business. You look at the players that we've offloaded as well to accommodate this, and I know we mentioned that as well. But to 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 bring someone in of that caliber and and to be playing um, in a system that kind of actually suits Lukaku. Um, you mentioned Werner; he likes to spread the defense. He likes to to make that space as well, and I think he he will do that. He'll you know Lukaku will be licking his licking his lips for that kind of opportunity to to be in the box to. You know, to to score. So I, I think personally, it's a brilliant signing. Um, he looks very ripped. He looks fit. He looks ready to to go. Um, I remember the Lukaku of, I suppose United, and he did seem a bit overweight, carrying a bit more, you know, uh, weight than he needed to. And I think he's obviously gone to into into Milan. He's done really well there. So I'm looking forward to to obviously seeing him back. You know, he, he supports the club. Um, you know, so it means a lot to him as well. There was always that kind of thing that. He had, he had unfinished business at Chelsea anyway. Um, it was never really given the opportunity. So I think it's a, a brilliant, brilliant buy. You know, I'm looking forward to it. Yeah, I mean, he's just a, a great, great athlete as well. You mentioned about, you know, how he, he looked maybe slightly overweight at United. I was reading um, this morning on the, the Fifth Stand app that when he was at Inter Milan, he lost, I think, about a stone or half a stone in 12 days. So he yeah. looks after himself. He knows, you know, you know if, he, if he wants to make changes to his body, he can make them. And... um I was just trying to think as well. I can't think of a single Premier League centre-back or defender who, or even player maybe that's got the same physique as him in terms of, yeah. you know, the same strength and physical ability. Maybe maybe Van Dijk possibly, but that's the only one I can think of. And he, we saw him at the Euros just bullying past those, you know, the Russian defenders at times when he played against Russia and he was exactly what we need in the Premier League. You know, player can just get past defenders almost a bit like Diego Costa, a, a bully, you know, a bully number nine who, so um, I'm really looking forward to, to watching him. And I think um, I really, fingers crossed that this will be our next striker for at least the next five years and we won't make any changes or need to bring anyone else then. Yeah. Just want to mention as well, because before we came on recording, um, and, and I don't know if you're aware, but I think um, Bishit Tasker looking at trying to get Mitsubishi on loan or um, on a permanent as well. So 
I know I mentioned it last week around the the sort of light lightness of strikers. Um, but you know, I think we should really retain Batshuayi. I think you know he's he's, he's an option. Um, you know, we've got like I've said before, congested fixture list this season. Um, what's your thoughts if he if he does go uh, Batshuayi to Besiktas? I mean, if he does go, that just leaves us with Werner, Havertz, and Lukaku as those players that can play the the number nine role. And Werner and Havertz aren't really natural number nines from what we saw last season. So I did mention this on the other episode. Every time you know we've had a you know a title run, a good season, we've always had three strikers. Whether it's been Eto, Torres, and Bar, whether it's been Remy, Drogba, and Costa. We've always had kind of three strikers that have rotated. And I think the third choice one knows that he'd only be there for maybe one or two seasons playing, you know, that second choice or, but, um, but yeah, it's a tricky one because you did mention we've got congested fixtures. We might need, you know, a second natural number nine. Bachelorette has proved that he can do, you know, a decent job when he's given the chance. Yeah. And the other thing is if he does go to Besiktas on loan, I think his contract will expire next summer. So um, that would mean either we sell him permanently this summer or either we extend this deal and we loan him or either we keep him there for another year and then maybe let him go for a free next summer. But it is a bit of a tricky one. And then obviously the Belgium connection between Lukaku and Bacharai could be another factor. You know, if they play well together or they have good chemistry off the pitch, then that could be another reason for wanting to keep him. Yeah, we'll have to see. I mean, hopefully he stays. I'm more for having, you know, players go out and develop themselves or we move them on if we need to. But I do feel like he's still got a part to play here as well. Um, but another person who I think has got a part to play this season, um, Trevor Chalibur. I think he's really got to to um, cement himself in that squad. But um, give us your thoughts on the, the opening opening game of the season. Chelsea, Crystal Palace, you're going to be there in the flesh, smelling the, the, the Stamford Bridge turf. Um, yeah, give me your thoughts. What, what, what are you looking forward to? I'm excited. I mean, obviously I was at the bridge last week for the, the friendly against Spurs. It feels weird saying the word friendly and Spurs in the same sentence, but um, it was. And, um, you know, you'd celebrate the, I celebrated the two Hakim Ziyech goals. Um, then when Spurs scored the two in the second half, you know, you kind of, you're frustrated, but it's a friendly at the end of the day. But mm. actually going to a competitive game now at Stamford Bridge and, you know, actually really cheering for those goals and wanting the three points is what I'm really looking forward to. Um, I went to the FA Cup final last season when fans were slowly allowed back into the ground. But this is my first, you know, competitive game at Stamford Bridge since the 4-0 win against Everton on the 8th of March, 2020. So it's been a long time coming and I'm really looking forward to it. Just, you know, the match day routine as well, you know, waking up, you know, getting all the, you know, watching the, the 12.30 kickoff and then, um, getting excited for your 3pm kickoff and you know, yeah. the five, five, 10 minute walk to Stamford Bridge from my house to all the fans. I'm really looking forward to it. And, you know, it's, it's been such a long time. And now to have that embedded in my weekend routine again is something I'm, I'm really relishing and looking forward to. Yeah. And, and just in terms of obviously, um, cause I did my predicted lineup earlier, um, this morning, I had a bit of about 10, 15 minutes of doing nothing so I thought let me just uh, I, I mean I've gone for um, probably the obvious I suppose I've gone for you know the, the three central um, centre-backs in Chalibur I've gone for Rudiger and Aspiaqueta as a, a centre-back Reese Ch- James Chal- Chalibur starting then for you yeah 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 I think oh. he deserves to I think he, he does, has yeah. to I think he's he's played really well pre-season um, played really well Supercop as well be a shame to drop him and 
you know, you look at Christensen, who potentially might, I think, will start, to be fair. Um, I don't know about Thiago Silva because I don't think he's played much no. competitive football. He didn't feature at all in preseason at yet. Or did he? So no. I, I, would, I would assume he'll, he'll be... Uh, you know, a bit player, he'll come on maybe for the cup games now, or if we have an injury or, you know, to mix things up, up at the back. But I think for the opening game, um, I wouldn't start Thiago Silva. I would put Chalibur in there, um, but I do think Tuchel will maybe bench him, bring in Christensen. Um, but the, the win-backs have gone for obviously Chilwell. I think Chilwell should be coming back in there. Although Alonso has played, played well, I'd put Chilwell in there for against Palace as well. Um, Reese James, obviously, right right wing back. Kante, Jorginho, and the front three of Pulisic, Havertz, and Mount at the front. Yeah. No Werner. Mm. I mean, yeah. it's it's quite a, probably one of the hardest lineups we're going to to predict, I think, based purely because we haven't really had a fixture before and all the preseason ones have been, you know, players coming in and out of the team. Mm. I wouldn't be surprised even if Hudson Adoy maybe starts at right wing back again. You know, that's a possibility. Mm. I wouldn't be surprised maybe if Kovacic starts, but then again, he played, I think, the 420 minutes against um, Villarreal. So there's a lot of things to consider. But I think um, the players that did come on from the, the Euro um, semi-finals and final, I think mm. will, will, you know, probably that's an indication that Tuchel wants to start them Saturday to give them, you know, the half an hour, 40 minutes on, um, on, on, uh, on Wednesday. So I think Mount, Jorginho, the players you mentioned, Christensen maybe as well. I think Alonso yeah. will start over Chilwell personally. I think um, yeah. he's, as you mentioned, he had a very good preseason. Unlucky not to score on um, on yeah. uh, on, we- on Wednesday, and a great um, ball to Havertz, who then played it onto Ziyech. Um, but yeah, I think it's a difficult lineup to predict. But that's that's a kind of liking this dilemma because I know shows we have so many suitable candidates for each position at the same time. Yeah, and obviously it'd be be interesting because I'm sure Mark Way might start for for Palace as well. Um, which will be will be interesting to see. I think I want to see obviously him get a lot of game time, albeit he's at a different club now. But um, it'd be interesting to see if he starts as well. Um, obviously, knowing the the Chelsea connection and, and being around the, the team, I'm sure um, Vieira will want to try and get him into the team. But um, yeah, I mean, we've 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 said it before. You know, we need we need three points opening game of the season. Um, no one wants to start playing catch up after you know your first game. So. You know, I think we'll, I think we'll, we'll do really well. I've, I've been impressed throughout preseason um, with how we've played. So I, I can't really. It's going to be difficult for Palace because I think that they, um, they've got a lot of players that they brought in. They've got to hope that they hit the ground running and they can actually get free, you know, perform well tomorrow. But I just think from what I've watched of, of us and how we've played, uh, I can't really see us losing. But that's the bias in me. You know, I think we, we. Um, you know, we need to get off to a good start. Yeah. I mean, you mentioned Guahi. I think he's a fantastic acquisition for um, Crystal Palace. And the other centre-back, which I think will start for them on um, on Saturday, is uh, Joachim Anderson, yeah. who I think um, they got from Fulham. I think he was almost too good for times at Fulham. He's, he was linked to Chelsea. He was linked to Spurs. I think he wanted to stay in the capital. And he's a very good player. I think good enough to play for a, maybe a top six or, you know, maybe a team competing for Europa potentially. But I think he's a really good um if him and Guehi can, you know, create a good partnership, I think Palace can easily, you know, get top top five, um, top top ten, not top five. And um, and I'm, I, the one thing I'm still unsure about is their manager Vieira. I, I know that he he was quite poor maybe at Nice, but that's a different league, maybe a different situation. You know, if he gets the players he wants now at Palace, and um, you know, he's given maybe time, I think he could do a good job. 
But um, yeah, similarly to you, I think based on how we've played in preseason and the squad that we have, I think it should go our way. I know that we've been, it's been quite hit and miss at times for us and opening days of the season. I'm still thinking of that, you know, disaster against Burnley, I think three or four years ago. But yeah, um, but yeah I think if um, with this Tuchel mentality that is cemented into the team, I think we, we've got to win and we will win. Yeah, definitely. Um, are you, are you going to give us a prediction or is it too early to say? I did make my prediction on the app um, <laughs> yesterday. So I might as well just stick with the one I put on the app. Um, I put 2-1 actually. I think it's, hmm. we saw against Villarreal that there's still a bit of sloppiness, but at the same time, we, we do have goals in us. And I think if um, if we go for the lineup we spoke about, you know, with maybe a habit to pull a such an amount, that's, you know, that's very offensive. And um, yeah, 2-1, I think. I think Palace will get a goal, maybe similarly to what we saw, like some sloppy goal maybe, but they will score. And um, but just as long as we get the three points on the opening day, that's the most important. Do you have a prediction yourself or? Yeah, I think, um, you know, I've I've been thinking about it this morning whilst I was doing my lineup and tossing between 2-1, which I think is possible. I think they they, they will score. But then I look at um, how we were in the league last season defensively and clean sheets was what Mendy was known for. So I'm thinking 2-0. I think I might go for 2-0. I think that's more more likely. I think um, I agree with you, though. You know, we haven't looked the best defensively, but I think once the Premier League kicks off, you know, everyone's got to be on their job. You know, throughout the ninety minutes. So um, I'm going to go two 0 I'm going to go two 0 um, You've just mentioned Burnley. That, that was a, a difficult game. Um, the other one that sticks out in my mind, to be fair, is the uh, the Old Trafford battering of four nil. I think it was was that. Oops. Two years ago, I think, wasn't it? Yeah, Two seasons. Lampard's ago. first game, wasn't it? Lampard's first game in charge. So, um, yeah, I mean, give, give me some of your historic opening day f- Chelsea fixtures. I mean, let me get rid of the bad ones out. Let me get, <laughs> erase the bad ones out of my memory first. But um, you mentioned the Burnley one. I was at Stamford Bridge that day. I think we went down to nine men. Fabregas yeah, K- and Cahill K- getting sent K- off. Yeah, yeah. Cahill. And I think Bo- Bogo was starting that day. And then he had to come off because of the Cahill... Um, Yes, the K K or red card, which was a shame for him because that could have been his, you know, breakthrough moment. Yeah, but um, but yeah, that one's erased from my memory. Um, the Old Trafford one as well. I think the the Swansea two two at home on the opening day was a bad memory as well, particularly that was because a, of the incidents Gomez that happened as well. Was it Bab- Gomez scored the penalty? I think. Yeah, yeah, it was. Yeah, I think Courtois got sent off as well. I think actually, I'm tr- but um, but it was the, I think the day where the Eva Canero ran on the pitch when. Mourinho didn't allow her to and it kind of all went downhill yes. from there for our season yep. so that's another bad memory but let's talk about good ones now <laughs> um, I think I put I put an Instagram post of some right some good opening day memories if you really want to go back I think 2004 1-0 against Man U Ida Good Johnson yep. that was a good one yep. uh, more recently I just think that Monday Night Football against um, Burnley at Turf Moor yep. yeah we yeah. went one nil down, but straight away we scored three. I think all in the first half, maybe. I'm, I'm trying to think, and um, uh, possibly, yep. Yeah, I just think Ivanovic, Schaller, and Costa. It's yeah. just the way we played, you know, and the attacking players we brought on the likes of Schaller, Hazard. We had Willian, we had um, Diego Costa, Fabregas in midfield, and I think from that day we kind of saw what Mourinho was trying to create with that team, and it made us, you know, really stick out as title contenders. And that Fabregas pass to Sherla is just, I could literally watch it every day. I might might have it as kind of my background or something. So when I open my laptop, <laughs> I, I can rewatch it. But um, 
but yeah, that's another good one. Um, Brighton last season, simply for the the Reese James mm-hmm. rocket, was a good one. Yeah, I enjoyed that one. Um, the six nil against West Brom in two thousand and ten, I think, mm-hmm. when Drogba got a hat trick at Stamford Bridge. Um, yeah, there's been some good ones. Hazard's debut at um, the, the DW Stadium against Wigan, I think, had a really good game. I think one as a penalty. Got, got a two nil win. Crespo. Was it Crespo that that year? No, I'm. No, t- I think. Was, um, oh, sorry, you Wig- said Hazard. Yeah, yeah. yeah Wigan, I think Wigan 2012 and the Di Matteo. But there was the Crespo yeah, yeah. one, I think, um, as well. I think that yeah, was the, 2005, actually, wasn't yeah, it? Yeah, one nil, I think, was it? So, yeah, it was late, yeah. late penalty. I think yeah. it's like almost end of the game. Yeah, yeah. but yeah, I think. Um, oh, and the, the last one I'll mention is the, the home home win against Hull. I think when I think I still think to this day, Drogba meant to cross it, but somehow it went in. <laughs> <laughs> and then uh, and the last minute of the game so those are some good memories I'm sure you've got some some good ones too yeah very similar to yours um, I wrote a list down actually before but um, you, you named pretty much most of them um, yeah obviously the, the, the Burnley one was I, I think I can't remember where I was that day but I remember being at like a, a daytime party thing and not watching the game, but everyone just coming up to me and just saying, oh, I can't believe Chelsea. And I'm like, well, you know, what's going on? And then watching the game. Um, so yeah, I think it was Cahill, wasn't it? And Cesc Fabregas that were sent off during that game. Uh, yeah. N- nightmare game. Um, obviously the United one, you mentioned the 4-0 Lampard. Um, that, that one was just, yeah, it was big, big game to lose. But um, yeah, Burnley, you know, the the, the 2-1 had got, Burnley 2-1 2016 um, Eden Hazard Diego Costa had scored West, in that game West as Ham. well West Ham sorry West Ham yeah, yeah sorry yeah um, yeah good. that was a really good game Conte going really crazy down the touchline yeah. when we scored yeah yeah that was a really good game um, you mentioned the Swansea game as well had that written down the reason I remember that one is because of the the, the penalty I think as well the decision mm-hmm. for the penalty um, and then obviously Gomez as well um, which after that, I really hated him. I, really, I think this. I think for the celebration, I, think, I don't know if you remember the celebration yeah, where he sort of got on his knees and crawled. Yeah. yeah. So uh, I hated him after that. I just never forgave him for that. Um, 2012, I wrote down Wigan, two um, 0 against Wigan. We had uh, Ivanovic and Lampard scored as well. So um, then Portsmouth, 2008, that was four 0 yeah, Deco. Deco's got a good one. Yeah, Deco. Yeah, Deco. I'm trying to think who else. Joe, uh, Joe Cole. Anel- Joe Cole and Anel- Anel- a Lampard penalty. Yeah. Yeah. So that was that was a good one. Um, and then that was it for me. Really, you, you'd name the others, but yeah. um, you know, we've we've not had the worst record. In fact, in fact, I read not long ago we've got a really good opening day um, record um, in in the Premier League history. So I don't I don't think those you know. There's blips that we had against sort of Burnley, the United one. We can really read too much into them. Yeah. I think we, I think we're we're good enough to to get off, and we normally get off to a really good start in the league. Um, so I'm confident for tomorrow. I'm confident for the season. I, I do think you know Premier League champions sounds right for Chelsea, doesn't it at the moment? Yeah, and just what gives me a bit more confidence for for tomorrow is our we've got a good record against Palace in recent years. I think you know if you put the yeah. Last season we beat them four 0 at home, four and four one away, which probably are two most comfortable fixtures of the season. When you kind of look at it, and I mean, I don't want to know disrespect to them because they've really changed. They've changed their team as well a lot this summer, so it might be yeah. a completely different team we're facing tomorrow. But 
does give me a bit of confidence. And as you said, we've got a very good opening day record. And I think if we want to be challenging for Premier League champions, it's always good to start off with the three points and a win to kind of, you know, look at watch matches today on the first first Saturday and watching your team, you know, the highlights of your team winning is always a positive as well. And like, and like I said before, I think, you know, the likes of United, um, Man City, Man City, excuse me, <clears throat> Man City, Liverpool, you know, they're going to start really well this season. So um, we don't want to be on the back foot at all. Um, you know, we want to be there or thereabouts with them or ahead of them. We don't want to be playing catch up at all. Um, but I'm confident. I'm very, very confident for tomorrow. Yeah. Um, obviously, you know, you'll, you'll be there so you can you can see it in the flesh, but yeah. it'll, be, it'll be just as good to watch, I'm sure, um, from wherever, wherever I'll be watching it from. But um, yeah, you know, it's here. It's finally here. It feels like we've been waiting a lifetime for it. Um, obviously, we had the Euros, but it just seems like the, you know, the anticlimax is, is finally over. So um, you're going to go for 2-1 mm-hmm. Chelsea. Yeah. yeah, I'm going to go for 2-0. Um, obviously, we've got the review um, of the game, which we'll be, we'll be doing early next week as well. We may have a, a Crystal Palace fan on, depending <laughs> on how, how the game goes. Um, but no, it's going to be, it's going to be a brilliant season. You know, uh, I'm, I'm looking forward to it now. I can't wait. feels like Christmas, you know, I'm, I'm ready for it now. So, um, yeah, you know, let's, let's, let's go and get the Premier League title. Let's do it. As always, guys, if you're not watching on the YouTube and you are watching on um, sorry, listening on Apple Music or Spotify. You can follow us on at the shed end from uh, on Twitter and at the fr- mess that up completely. I'll start again at from the shed end, and that's all underscores in between each word on Instagram as well. So give us a, a follow, and you can follow myself at this is t dot and Theo. Can you just tell the uh, listeners where they can find you as well? Yeah, follow me at Sesky Time on Twitter. I'll be posting some match day content and footage from tomorrow. So if you want to see that, give me a follow and follow our Instagram as well. As uh, T. said, from the shed end with underscores between um, all the words. Yeah. Okay. So this has been episode 18 of From the Shed End podcast. Myself, T. and Theo, thank you very much. We'll be back next week with hopefully three points sitting at the top of the table.